Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. We are back after another insane round of rugby league and after a pretty turbulent weekend, Boxhead. It was turbulent, all right. Absolutely. Uh, some crazy results, but um, yeah, it's hard to get a read. And speaking of crazy results and uh, a bit of turbulence, we found out yesterday mm. that you're going to be a father, obviously, to a baby girl. Baby girl. So there's a fifth and last baby on the way. Yep. Baby girl. Team Pink. Yeah. Oh, I guessed it. I've said it. I'm going to have to learn how to coach netball or something else now by the looks of it instead yeah. of football. But who knows? There is a pathway opening up there. If she looks anything like me or you, and uh, obviously not your wife, she might have she's to play in, rugby league. So she's in big trouble. She's going to be in massive trouble. But jumping straight into our set of six that we've got here, tackle one. Uh, only a quick point that it is the controversial dropkick try on Friday. And I just don't understand how the referees can get that one so wrong. And then Bernard Sutton, I'm pretty sure, tried to justify it afterwards in a press conference the next day. So uh, Slater followed through. He got up and he knew it wasn't a try. They all didn't know it was a try. When they blew it, even he was dirty. And He said, no, I dropped it, and he gave Brisbane the ball. Yep. And <laughs> like, case closed, surely. Walking away also when people were laughing or chatting to shake, and he said, completely surprised, yeah. but I don't think it needs to go any further than this. I know a lot of people out there bang that drum again and go, oh, they get away with murder, rah, 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 this and that, but... More just an indictment on the refs in that sense. I've been a big fan of what they've done so far this year. I've backed them in on all sorts of things, but trying to justify that one and how they messed that up so badly, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, that's one that you... To the letter of the law, every player on the field knew that wasn't a try. Mm. If you've dropped it. Yeah, they they come up with try, which is... Yeah, it was crazy. Strange. Really, really strange. Uh, That one will just leave behind but yeah, yeah I just I couldn't believe that Bernard Sutton tried to justify afterwards a reason for it and moving forward it's pretty straightforward if you're not attempting to kick a field goal and you drop and kick the ball obviously it's a knock on that's not rocket science but number two is Sam Burgess and it's more just the discipline side of things I absolutely love the bloke you could easily say right now or in previous years I think he on his day is the best forward in the comp yeah. besides Jason Tamalolo mm-hmm. possibly if you want to argue but as far as the full skill set and what he can deliver, in particular on the game of the weekend, he was absolutely outstanding. But in the modern game, the way things are going now, without the shoulder charge, with head contact, with HIAs and all this kind of stuff, they obviously crack down harder now on shots to the head or anything to do that putting player in harm. And offer back-to-back charges, and I think he's had 12 charges or something the last couple of years, they've said, and all this accumulation, he's looking at missing another two to three games. So I think the big thing here is you don't want to see the aggression leave his game because it's such a good part of it, but I think... More so on the defensive side of the ball. He's just got to clean things up a tiny bit. Yeah, no doubt. He uh, he played with plenty of emotion on the weekend, but that emotion probably impeded his judgment a little bit and it led to you know, a high tackle and he's just come back from a two-week suspension. So he's got to be very careful and he's, he's got to understand how his actions 
I guess, impact the team. And that's probably the bigger point. And just also from a neutral point of view, I love watching the bloke, but at the same time, this season, uh, they're a bit of a dark horse and things are starting to come together nicely. And they did have a couple of wins without him, but he needs to be on the field. He does. He needs to be on the field. Uh, We all want to see him on the field. He's an outstanding footballer, but it's mainly just that defensive side of things. Um, There's a difference between putting a good shot on and going out to murder somebody. And he constantly seems like he's, you know, he's always got that intent to put a good shot on, to, you know, put put somebody down, put them down hard. But uh, in this situation and in previous ones and these building up charges, it's just something he's got to maybe curb a little bit sometimes and just make his tackles rather than every single one trying to just obliterate somebody basically Yeah, for the betterment of his side. So uh, three to four weeks, I think, sorry, two to three weeks, I think he's going to face. And his brother, George, he caught one as well. I think he's going to get away with an early guilty plane just to find. So mm. pretty lucky and they're impressive on the weekend. Tackle three. Uh, and this one's me just chucking there right now. To me, the Warriors are the real deal. Yeah, they are. Absolutely, they are. They are. I um, I got a good mate who's a Warriors fan, and I sort of hadn't spoken to him a lot in the, in the first six weeks about the Warriors play, but flicked him a text after watching that game, going, "Well, they are the real deal. Yeah. They were super impressive in that game, and that they, the Dragons certainly didn't look the team that they did uh, throughout the first six rounds, did they? They no, they looked uh, fairly rudderless in attack, which was. Surprising. The, the Warriors' defence was nothing short of outstanding. It was it was fantastic. It was absolutely outstanding. You're 100% right. But in that situation, no Johnson, no Pulu, no Carter. Green gets put in the bin. Tohu Harris gets injured in the first half on the end of a 13-5 penalty count, 38% possession, and to knock off the Dragons and bounce back a week later. Um, they are the real deal. And lucky for us, we're going to speak to one of the Dragons players, Paul Vaughan, today. So we'll yeah. get a bit of an insight from him after they played the Warriors they're heading into Anzac game this week against the Roosters because straight after I did message him when he was using the uh, the uh, Wi-Fi and the dressing sheds and said how was that and he said they are the real deal mm. so I uh, look forward to having a bit of a chat well, later he, no, on he's on ground zero and so. uh, hear from him what he thought about the Warriors but I was really really impressed tackle four and uh, you know there's been plenty about it but manly on field and off field but obviously the off field stuff leads to the on-field troubles, but last week it was the Hastings situation and Barrett coming out and nobody wants to play with him. Then you've got players texting him and other guys coming out and backing him publicly, which kind of goes against that. And then you hear Ricky Stewart last night on Matty Johns, and I kind of agree with what he said. He goes, you don't think that Trent would have come out and said that unless the players had initiated or gone to him and at least the majority and said that. And now all of a sudden you've got blokes backpedaling on it. So everyone's in an awkward spot. Cherry Evans is uh, obviously been fined as part of the situation. It's been talked that he maybe baited him a couple of times or let him in. And, and it kind of almost feels like high school. I said this to you the other day. When you're that guy who's not as popular as Yellow and you've got the guy who's the captain or more indeed to the group and he leads a bit of that stirring and everyone backs him up, etc. It's just, it's not a great environment. And then you've got these other leaked stories coming out that before Darcy Lussick left that he had a blot with Barrett because he felt like he was being iced and not played in the first grade side on purpose to try and free up cap space because he was on a half-decent deal yeah. uh, and in his last year. and Obviously, Hastings, another one now, and you're hearing that they're trying to get new Brown from the Bulldogs over as the utility. So uh, things aren't going too well for Manly at the moment, and uh, they're definitely a club in turmoil. No, yeah. You know my thoughts on Manly. Look, I, I thought they'd struggle on the field. I, I didn't expect this stuff to happen off the field. So, But it's certainly not going to help. It's certainly not helping. Um, and, you know, you look at teams that win the wooden spoon, theoretically, they've either got a really, really weak roster or they have a lot of off-field drama. And yeah, and injuries and other things I happen. don't think Manly have the weakest roster. I do think they've got holes in their roster. Tom Trevojevic carrying an injury isn't helping. No. Nah. 
Um, Walkers fresh back that, from an injury. They don't have a proper halves partner for Cherry they don't Evans. Have a six. Uh, but now you throw in all this off-field stuff as well, and you know they got they got their asses handed to them yesterday by Parramatta, a team who didn't look like they could score a point in the first six games. They come out and put forty on Manly. Yeah. So the problems are real at Manly, um, both on the field and off the field. So it'll be interesting to see how you know they batten down the hatches, particularly in the next month, because it's going to determine basically what direction their season goes. If they can they can get in and keep you know fifty fifty over the next month, they'll they'll be alive heading into Origin. But you know if they go on some sort of losing streak here, they'll they'll be battling to avoid the wooden spoon. Yeah, well, that's right. And their two best players, besides probably a Cherry Evans, are the Trebojevic brothers that are both going to feature for New South Wales, you'd have to think. So you would think, yeah. if that is the case, uh, that's definitely not going to help them, even though it is a reduced toll this year from the Origin setup. They can't afford yeah. to lose anyone anyway. Uh, they're already short on middles, as we know. They lost Tanganoa, they lost Sirinan. Um There's one more I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but they're, they're just short, full stop. They're short right now. They're under cap pressure. They've got off-field issues, internal stuff going on, a lot of pressure on the coach in this Situation, trying to juggle everything and handle everything and be on the right side of uh, the ball in the media. But uh, definitely there's a few spot fires at Manly at this point in time that need to be put out. Absolutely. Tackle five is Mitchell Pearce. And uh, I'm pretty devastated, actually, to see him get injured over the weekend because a lot of people out there basically just have a massive hate on for him because of what's happened with New South Wales. And I've said a million times, and you've backed me up on that, that we always blame Pearce, but he's not the reason we've lost all those series. That's for sure. But at club level... The new environment, moving to Newcastle so far. He's been the leading light along with Callum Ponga and he's been really, really good for him. So it was pretty sad to see him get that injury. And basically for me, it's hard now to look at Newcastle and think they're going to make the finals with a Cogger and a Lamb combo or Watson and Lamb or however that works out. Because when you watch him the first six weeks, he's been worth his weight in gold. He's been organising, he's been kicking, he's been playing both sides of the fields. He's linked up with a Ponga and putting him on the front foot or just, you know, in all, all areas of the game, he's been their leading light the first six weeks of the competition. And, yeah. Um, that's a massive blow. And for New South Wales, I guess, as well, was he going to get picked or was he not going to get picked? I think now Brad Fittler definitely finds himself in a situation where he's got to come up with a solution pretty soon because I think Pierce would have been close to the leading candidate with Cleary possibly not ready to come back in. Yeah. And now you've got to really ask yourself, that, you know, who are we going to pick? Just clearly get back early enough and play a game or two. Is that enough to put him in? Do we pick Kiri? And I've said in the past before, he is a Queenslander. He appealed that process to be a Queenslander, and I think it's only right that he should be classified as one. But do we pick somebody? I don't think he's up to it. I don't um, think Kiri's been playing well enough for the Roosters. To be fair, I, you'd have to pick Luke Brooks. You know, you'd he, have to be Brooks and Maloney. He loved Moses in Lebanon camp and heard yeah. murmurs at the start of the year. That's who he wanted. But obviously, his start to the season and Parramatta's has been pretty poor up until yesterday. So I don't think he's the answer there. But it's yeah, it's a really hard one. You've got you pick Blake, the hot hand. I'd pick. Um, you got Blake Green as well. There's, yeah, Green or yeah. Brooks would have to be the two. But um, basically, now his hand has been forced. I guess with Pierce, it has now. been. Yeah, that's so, right. Pierce, Pierce is going to miss Origin definitely. I think the big thing is Cleary now. I think Cleary will get that jersey, but he needs to play at least two or three games. So whether he gets back in that eight week time period they're talking about, he might get two games under his belt before Origin. Yeah. If that happens, uh, I think he still gets a run. If not, I'm kind of leaning towards Brooks like you. To be honest, if it's not going to be go a, green, a green, but I, don't, but I don't think Freddie's I don't think they'll consider him. So no, nah, I'm with you. I don't. I would pick green two years ago, as you know, as we've spoken about previously. But and if not, I think Kiri will be getting a look in. But I, I couldn't go Moses, even if he did have a positive experience with him in Origin camp. And bigger reason for that's probably defense. And I know people might say that Brooks is not exactly the best defender either. But I think he's shown this year that with confidence when he's playing his best football, that he is quite capable and willing to put his body in front. Yeah. And out of the two of them, I think he probably is a better defender. So. 
Um, tough situation, but a lot comes down now, I think, to Nathan Cleary's health. Absolutely, yeah. You'd think if he comes back, plays well, that he's going to be there or thereabouts, definitely. And tackle six, the final we got here, didn't really get to talk about it because it happened just after we went off the air last week. The possibility of Craig Bellamy going to the Broncos. Well, it seems fairly likely, doesn't it? Wayne Bennett's definitely under pressure. He walked out of that press conference last week. Didn't like the the questioning. Um, their form, I guess, has been mixed, hasn't it, Brisbane? It's been patchy. Um, they certainly don't look like a finals team. So he's going to be under some pressure. Pretty much since they lost that grand final to the Cowboys, they've slid, haven't they? A little bit every year, a little bit every year. They've lost players, haven't really replaced them. Players are brought in, aren't really doing you know, the job that they would have uh, desired. So he's under some pressure. Craig Bellamy's off contract this year. Bennett's off at the end of next year. So whether you know Bellamy extends for a year and stays in Melbourne or whether you know he has a year off, whether Bennett gets sacked, who knows? But you can't tell me that it's not... Uh, it's it's not on the um, not on the agenda for Brisbane. They've got to be looking at Plan B. Well, they went for Paul Green for the long term plan, obviously, and that's yep. what they're looking at. And now the talk is Bellamy, and all the things that line this up are we know that there's been some talk behind the scenes that that new ownership group promised him some things they didn't back up. Um, I think financially they haven't meddled within the playing and recruitment side of things, but I think there's a few things they haven't given or done that they said they would. Mm-hmm. So there's maybe some small issues there. Does he want to see this next generation through? It seemed last year that he was talking like he might want to take them through to the retirement of Slater, Smith, etc. But when you look at it on the flip side, he started at Brisbane. Um, you know, he's got a bit of a history with Wayne Bennett. If he was going to coach another club or you want to be in another club any more capable to win a title quickly or have the money to spend in the cap, salary cap situation and the power, mm. imagine if he did have control of a club like the Broncos. And he's going to have one thing that he's never really had at Melbourne, I guess, which is a big junior base to pick from. The issue is how long would he coach for, how much longer does he want to coach for. But he has family up there. That's where he was living uh, previously beforehand, obviously. His daughter's up there. So um, I'd hate for it to happen. Honestly, as a Melbourne person, I'd like to see him start and finish at Melbourne. Yeah. But if there is any club that he would go to, this is the only one, like we spoke about before, that probably does make sense. Um, And the talk is that he could possibly have the year off, which would see the retirement of probably Billy and Smith, he wouldn't have to coach against them. Then he'd come back the year after when Craig Bell, oh, sorry, when Wayne Bennett's off contract and take over the Broncos. So, yeah. uh, you know, he didn't deny it. And I think part of that might have been a bit of gamesmanship because they have a bit of history, him and Wayne Bennett, obviously. And Wayne Bennett's had a lot to say about his tactics in Melbourne over the years. And uh, obviously, Melbourne do like beating Brisbane, I think, mainly for that reason. And maybe a bit of the, the relationship or tension between those two. But. It's going to be interesting. There's no doubt about oh, that no. to see what happens with his contract situation. Because if there's one coach yep. that if uh, he's going to move or there's going to create absolute tidal waves if he moves clubs, it's Craig Bellamy. Yep. So see what happens there. But that's our set of six for this week. And uh, a bit of a shortened show. Obviously, no fan questions as we are about to do our power rankings now. But quick turnaround. Anzac round kicks off Wednesday. We thought we'd get in this afternoon, get it done, give you the match reviews, uh, power rankings, set of six. And obviously, we're going to have Paul Vaughan from the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons on as well before the Anzac Day clash and just to talk about their start to the season. So still going to be plenty of good content. Uh, we'll get back to some fan questions the week after. But Boxhead, power rankings. Yeah. Uh, number one, who do you have? The Warriors. Yep, I can't disagree. They obviously knocked off I the Dragons. Them, I dropped them back a fair way last week, but uh, they've knocked off the Dragons, so... Well, I left them at two, and I said, basically, I'd wait and see what happens this week, and I thought they'd bounce back. I didn't read much into it because I thought they were pretty good, and mm-hmm. uh, they definitely proved that theory right. And uh, Very obvious for me, I think. Then, number two is the Dragons for me. They've just been swapped out of number one. Yep, same. Uh, number three, I left Penrith there, and again, uh, they were scrappy yesterday. 
but they weren't as bad. Like a lot of teams, they give it a leeway if you've had your first loss. But without Cleary, they've lost some other guys as well. I think they've been pretty good at patching up their holes. But yesterday, it's a bit of a blip on the radar. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and see how they go this week. I'm not. I've got the Storm at three. All right. I've left the Tigers as well at four. Um, like we said last week, funnily enough, how the NRL works, they can knock the Storm off twice. They can have a close game with Brisbane. They can beat the Roosters, etc. But the first loss, I wouldn't have expected it to come at Tamworth to the Newcastle Knights. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, being one of the better defensive teams in the competition. And for now, I will leave them at four. Well, I'm not. I've got the Rabbitohs at four. Boom. All right. Getting aggressive there. Yeah. I, I like you. I have the Rabbitohs in my eight. Um, and they lost those first two weeks. But I've stuck stuck solid. I think they're a good football side. Um, and I've got well, I've got the Storm and the Rabbitohs both jumping the Panthers and the Tigers. Yep. I've got Melbourne at five. And again, uh, yep. it, was, it was a good win last week. And things are starting to look a little more positive. But I just want to see them string together a couple of wins. So right. uh, they're still working out their kinks there. But I think Jack's right now is the right person to have him with Munster because we just look so much more stable. At five, I've got the Panthers. And then at six, I've got the West Tigers. So you've already covered both of them. Yep. At six, I've got South. So they've moved ahead of the Roosters and yep. jumped up a spot there. They were great on the weekend. And I did say last week, and I was right, that Canberra, two good wins, but you played possibly two or three of the, the well, two teams that are probably bottom three sides or bottom four sides. So I didn't read too much into it. Proved me wrong against Souths, and Souths did a number on them. So um, for right now, what I've seen, I, I've got them at six. Yeah, I've got the Roosters at seven. Yep, same there. Uh, tough defensive effort, but at the same time, I didn't think the Bulldogs threw a whole lot at them. Uh, still got a fair bit to do and learn and grow as a side. They're still trying to fit the pieces all together, but... Um, yeah, they've got a stacked roster, so can't take them out. And finally at eight, I've got uh, I've got the Sharks, but that, yeah. I could have given that spot to the Cowboys. I could have given that spot to the Raiders. Well, I, I went the Sharks. To the me, Sharks have beaten Penrith. They've beaten Melbourne. Uh, and I can't think of who their other win is over. But, it was Parra, um, wasn't it? Yeah, Parramatta. Yeah. Well, I've yeah. got so, them at they've eight. they've two good sides. And the only reason why is Newcastle is out is because of Pierce. Because you look well, at it now, it, and yeah. I think moving forward without Pierce, that's probably going to be, be a bit more of a struggle for them. Um, the Cowboys, I didn't think, were overly impressive either. But your side, give them a little bit of confidence, I think, from the way they played on the weekend, giving them enough opportunities to keep themselves in that game. So, yeah. interesting to see how they play this week. They're going to be at home to the Raiders, so... <laughs> Uh, that wraps up the power rankings there. Now we've got to thank our sponsors, the first of those being Penrith Solar Centre. They say defence is the best offence, so what defence have you got in place against the nasty situation of rising power bills? Penrith Solar Centre is Western Sydney's leading solar specialists. Whilst you have little control over your team's outcome, the expert team at PSC is devoted to giving you the control of your power bills back. Let the sun work for your home and your back pocket. Save thousands per year in energy costs, and it may just be the difference between good or great seats watching your team in the 2018 NRL Grand Final. Contact the team at Penrith Solar Centre today on 1820-2930 to discuss how they can make you the real winners this season. The website and Facebook, Penrith Solar Centre, and www.penrithsolarcentre.com.au. Said it a million times before, I work in the electrical industry. Bills are definitely not going to get any lower. So let me tell you, if there's one investment you can make towards your home, solar is a pretty bloody good one. Um, pays itself off in a couple of years. Brock's got a system. Our old man's got a system. I've got a system. It's really a great idea. Ah, what else we got? Nepean Boltmaster. Was and the boys down there, if you're a tradie, look no further. More than just nuts and bolts. They have a complete fastening system supply with their main office located at Penrith and also a second branch at Castle Hill. They boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products, not only in the region, but throughout the state. There is a lot more than a pan bolt master than just fasteners. You'll also find a range of industrial and engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials, handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints, and general hardware items. The pan bolt master provides total needs sourcing 
packages for all trades associated with construction, engineering, and all associated industry segments. www.nepbolt.com.au and the PM Boltmaster. Check them out on Facebook. Thanks to Woz and the boys. And Poker Deluxe. The footy season is back. And if you're part of a sports team or on a committee and you're looking for a fundraising idea, look no further because with over 10 years' experience, Poker Deluxe are the industry leaders in fundraisers for sporting clubs. Paul and Adam and the Poker Deluxe team are passionate about what they do and committed to raising much-needed funds for local sports clubs. The fundraiser comes with a guaranteed $1,000 profit as a minimum. They also provide all the equipment, host to run the night, and over $2,000 worth of prizes to be won. It's a no-brainer. If you're on the committee or involved, any sport team, make sure you have a chat with the boys at Poker Deluxe. To date, they've raised over $1.5 million to sporting clubs around Australia. So when you're thinking of a fundraiser, think of www.pokerdeluxe.com.au. And of course, the Pro Sports Syndicate Boxhead. The Pro Sports Syndicate. Professional punters, full-time gamblers. Uh, They've got the best analysts there. They do this for a living and they do a hell of a job. And they're starting to get a roll, the boys. They're starting to get a roll. It's been a rocky uh, start to the year, but last week they struck some gold and come up ahead a little bit. I don't know what the percentage is for this week and I don't know if we'll get results in time just because uh, we've got a bit of a a time difference. Some of the boys are in the UK and there's a couple that are over here in Australia, but uh, with a short turnaround, we'll definitely get on board with that next week and fill you in a bit more about some of their tips, but you all know the deal there. If you get the first month, you get it for half price, $99. If the tips don't deliver a profit percentage, you get your second month free. No locking contracts. You can cancel any time. So a big thanks to them. And our charity bet, they took over that this year when they didn't have to, so big ups to them. And unfortunately, Penrith burned it yesterday. We stood to they win. They killed us. Stood to win about $400. Killed us. After the Storm and Souths did their job, but uh, Penrith threw the old uh, cocktail Molotov on top of that. Yeah. So we'll get into the... Reviews of the games from the weekend now, and the first one was obviously the Roosters versus the Dogs, and this one doesn't need a whole lot of explanation. The early try from Latrell Mitchell early on gave me some hope that we're in for a decent game of football, but it was all downhill after that. It was basically Groundhog Day on repeat. The Roosters could not hold the ball, and any time they got a chance in good ball, they just rushed their chances, went wide straight away, dropped the football or went into touch, and any time they were coming out of yardage, they dropped it play two or three. The Bulldogs kept having four or five sets in gluts of possession in good ball and did absolutely nothing with it. Too many one-outs. Lots of poor crashovers. I didn't throw a much different shape at them. It, it was really, really hard to watch. Ordinary. Ordinary game of footy. Look, I'll give the Roosters a wrap for their on-goal... Uh, sorry, their goal-line defence. Uh, but other than that, there weren't many highlights to take out of this. And it was just really, really strange for Dean Pay to come out and say he was happy with that performance because... Uh, just confused the hell out of me as to how he could be happy with that that performance. Um, they were much better the week before. He said that they were improved on the week before. So I, I don't know what game he was watching because uh, that's probably the worst game of the season, I, I would have thought, from a spectacle point of view. Yeah, it was awful. And they had more of the possession, more time in possession. They had more field position. They outran them by 500 metres. They had an extra 200 post-contact metres, they basically all those kind of categories and the field position, all the things we're talking about, and they came up with nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Um, I don't really know what else to say, to be honest. Uh, just They need to go back to the drawing board. They need to throw something in there. Uh, the front rowers were a little bit more improved. Jackson was good. There's effort, there's always, and just no real imagination. I think the only bloke who kind of looks dangerous is Mbai when he gets a bit of broken play or when they hit Fire Talamara and on that edge when they have a quick play the ball because he's one of the only guys who's got some dynamic... Uh, ability about him, some leg speed or an offload. But other than that, it was pretty imagined uh, without imagination. 
It was, yeah, it was terrible. On the Roosters side of things, like I said, just way too many errors. I only completed 65 for the game. They were terrible, but uh, I will give a wrap to James Tedesco because it looked like he took it upon himself just to get on the ball the other night, find the football, get some carries after it looked like the first few weeks he's been told to sit on the back, uh, on those edges, on the back of those double block plays from the halves. And seems like he's had enough, to be honest, looking at it. He, he went and found the football, so I thought he was good. thought Fergo was better uh, coming out of yardage, but... Uh, there's still a lot to be improved on by them as well, the Roosters, that's for sure. Absolutely, yeah. They've got time on their side and they're going to need uh, a lot of time to keep working on those combinations because they're certainly not fluent as yet. No. We move on now to the Warriors-Dragons games, 20-12. to 12. Uh, This one I can sum up with what I basically said before. Outstanding bounce back. Um, it, was, it was at home and to have no Sean Johnson, no Solomon Carter, no Lever Harpulu before you've kicked off, then Green... Is been at one point in the game there. Tohu Harris only lasted about 20 minutes. Uh, they had 38% possession for the game. They lost the penalty count 13 to 5. They had 60 misses, and they're not misses as in cold blooded misses, but like scrambling hard when the Dragons had all that possession, fighting in tackles, getting up on the edges and forcing players to come back to the middle. That was the highlight of it for me, their defense, though. And you talk about how we, you know, we try to coach kids to play. You know, up and in, inside shoulder, cut down time and space, get up on the outside and just give them absolutely no room. They were on for 80 minutes relentlessly doing just that. Yeah, they were, absolutely. And the Dragons persisted to keep coming to that left-hand side every time well, they, they did. They weren't up and in. They're up and square and they're just addressing that the inside shoulder and it just caused the, the Dragons massive issues because the Dragons have, you know, they've, they've sort of run the same similar shape with a few variations on the end of it, but... The Warriors have done their homework and they defended really well. They were outstanding. But I think more impressive, and I uh, said this when we were talking to each other, the pressure from the players even on the negative side, which are the players on the other side of the ruck that weren't involved. Anytime they had to come back to the middle or things broke down, the Warriors were just there waiting for them. They drove them back on multiple occasions and made them lose 10, 15 metres. They caught them on the fifth tackle with the ball. Matt Dufty, it proved that case of what I've said before. He is a good footballer, but he doesn't get those opportunities and to play the football he does without a good platform and then good service from the halves. And when he doesn't have time and space to play into, you can manhandle Yeah, any, any key player in any team is going to struggle without that roll-on and without, um, I guess, that freedom and, and room to move. And Dufty certainly had Zippo and yeah, the Warriors' defence nullified all their key players, really. Widop was a bit off as well. I thought Ben Hunt was really good, considering the pressure he was under. Yeah. Uh, ben Hunt had an outstanding game, scored a cracker individual try, was pretty dangerous with the football. Tarek Sims was the other one. Tarek Sims just gives zero care factor about who he's playing or who's in front of him. He's very physical. Um, arm out. I thought their forward pack was pretty good. They did their job with all the possession they had, but the Warriors were just outstanding. And Mason Lino, I've got to give a rap to, because a couple of years ago, coming out of the 20s, I didn't think he was that much of a footballer. I thought he was pretty steady and he had a big side to play behind in the 20s. He stuck at it for three or four years in that system. I'm pretty sure he's done a lot of work with Stacey Jones and he's turned into a pretty handy footballer. But the one I've got to give a huge rap to is Isaac Luke. He was the best player on the field by country mile. Just He, he was devastating out of dummy half. His run options, the 40-20 he kicked, his defense, he's fitting it. Like he's, just, he's back to that player that we should have been seeing for the last three years. Yeah. And it's sad to think what we've missed out on, why he's been waiting to explode like this, and I don't want to bring it up, but it is a contract year as well. So I think all things have coincided. They've got a good side. Corvo's come over there. He's fit. He's motivated. But I, I hope we see this next year if he does re-sign and stay on board. Yeah, absolutely. He, I think Alex Corvo's got to have a lot to do with it because he's, a, he's the only real difference, and his physical appearance and his physical output's a lot better this year, and you know, Corvo's got to take some credit for that. Obviously, Luke's got to take some credit for it because yeah. he's the one that's actioned it and yep. got himself fit, and he certainly... 
um, you're seeing the benefits of it on the field. 100%. Uh, also, i got to think, Anthony Gelling did a great job shutting down Ewan Aiken, big man that we've seen play for Wigan, played out there, was very, very good. Uh, yeah, back five was good again. That was just great as a whole. But defensively, their attitude was just outstanding. Yeah. Um, super impressed with them. Hard thing is the Anzac game, and I said this the other day, for the Dragons, it's tough, and for the Warriors, because they've got to travel, obviously, to come back mm-hmm. uh, and then go to Melbourne. So they're not even really going to get much of a week. They're basically going to have a captain's run or maybe one field session in video. For the Dragons, what, they play Friday night. Yeah, you probably fly back Saturday morning, have a bit of recovery. They might have one session and same deal again. Basically, the captain's running some video. So. Yeah, it's going to be a short week. It's a hard uh, hard turnaround for those two. The real benefactor... The Roosters got the great... Yeah, they got the, the Thursday game run. and they're staying at home. So yeah. they've had the five-day turnaround as compared to a three with no travel. Uh, Melbourne up at Brisbane coming back down. Not as bad for them. Um, the Friday night, that, a day less as well, minus the travel of the Warriors. But the Roosters, like you said, they get the real gravy run against the Dragons here. Yeah. Who have had a, a pretty big start of the year and then that trip there. So we'll see how that pans out for them this week. But speaking of the storm against the Broncos, 34 to 20. Other than that controversial try, which I was hoping didn't affect the result, and it didn't. Uh, they scored enough points minus those six. Realistically to me, it was a cracker game. It was a bit of a shootout. And I'm saying it's 28-20, not 34-20. But uh, I thought Melbourne really exposed their edges. They did a good job to pull them apart there. A lot of just good width off the middle of the ruck, like Cameron Smith was throwing passes outside those ABC defenders to get width very early on. That was as simple as it was. The width and the passing from Melbourne just killed Brisbane on their edges. They they created an overlap Left with and two right. quick passes. Yeah, both sides. They pulled them absolutely apart, and I uh, thought the pack was pretty good again. Uh, they're looking a bit of an issue with Jesse Bromwich, maybe missing six weeks with a medial. He only lasted yeah, 20 yeah. minutes, and... Already not having Fanukin uh, doesn't help there, so a couple of guys are going to have to step up. But the rest of that game, I thought they were good. They held their own. Welch did a good job. Solomona, Kenny Bromwich, etc., did their job. The two wingers were outstanding, and Billy Slater. Billy Slater was in everything. But yeah, he is Ke- ageless. Cameron Munster as well, though, at six. I, I still think fullback might be his best position, but some of the kicks he put in the other night, the way he's been playing as well, he, he was probably the best player on the field besides Billy, I think. He's um, developing well into the role, isn't he? Addo Carr is such a good weapon. I had I said this to you off some of those kicks. It's so nice to think that if you dig into the line and you bring him up and you can't get a pass around them, that you can put a kick in that may not be on the money every single time, but have somebody who's just that damn quick, quick enough yeah. that he can make up, maybe if you put a little too much juice on it. Uh, I thought Vunavalu was pretty good. That was his best game for the year as well. But all around, Melbourne starting to look a bit better. Um, yeah, know, they are. They definitely are. They're completing yeah. a bit better. They're much better. I still think defensively they've got some stuff to work on, that's for sure. They're still leaking some points at times. But I think Brisbane's tries came after McCulloch went off the field. Uh, Maguire went in a dummy half, and they just started to play a bit of football and be a bit ad-lib, which is something Melbourne generally do struggle with. Nick Arima scored a nice try off the back of it. Uh, Pungai Jr., when he come on, he was outstanding off the bench, chipping in. His ball playing and his movement for a big man, not only just his carries and his footwork and the offloads, but he's got the full skill set. I really do hope we get to see the best of him in the coming years. He's only 22, and he's been playing NRL for about four seasons now. So, um, Massive loss, though, on McCulloch. Four oh, to six huge. weeks, it looks like, but that... That's, that, that's a good result, really. That could hurt their season if they lose the next you know four or five and then lose a couple to Origin with Gillette already being out. Um, I don't know how many they will lose to Origin when you look at it now. Gillette is out. You don't think Milford's going to feature. I don't think Oates gets a wing spot. I think Maguire and Gillette were probably the two guys that were locks to play in that team. Yeah. But yeah. realistically now, it looks like Maguire might be the only one um, to be playing. Roberts might be considered for New South Wales. Not 100% mm-hmm. sure if that will happen, but... Uh, losing McCulloch is huge so they've got some decisions to make this week 
whether they're going to uh, put Maguire there and play him at nine or start with Nicarima. But defensively, is he too much of a liability? Is he better off coming off the bench like he did? Because I reckon that's his best role. They've definitely got some things they've got to work on. Yeah, oh, they've, they've got plenty of uh, plenty of issues. So. Um, yeah, I just... I, I actually, I did, I did enjoy that game. I'm just glad that try didn't end up costing them the game. No, that's the, and that's and that's the point. main thing. But yeah, yeah I, I thought uh, when they started to play a bit of footy and just threw the playbook out at the end there and got a bit loose, it was nice. Milford's yeah. try was good vision, good eyes up football off that kick. And Melbourne, when they shut it down, that Chambers run, poor Corey Oates embarrassed himself when he fell over basically and let Chambers get over the line there off that sweet play when he should have taken him over the sideline. But um, Melbourne have the wood on They really do. They, yeah, absolutely they do. Uh, Souths, 42-22. And in this game, honestly, that first 20 minutes, just wow. They came with a purpose. They rolled downfield so easily. Their attacking shapes are outstanding, and their left edge is just brutal. And they showed the numbers on the weekend. I think they've scored five times in the right, five times through the middle, and after the weekend, I think that's 18 tries on the left-hand edge wow. where you've got Cody Walker, Inglis, Johnston linking in there. Robert Jennings has been doing a good job since he came into grade as well. But, um, you know, th- that edge is just brilliant. And what better edge to be running at that right-hand side of Canberra, which has so many problems with Austin, Leilua, etc. They're targeted constantly, and it's the wrong team to be playing as far as matchups on those two edges. And the first 20 minutes, they proved that they scored three times down that same spot. Yeah. They, they struggled, didn't they? Um, difficult afternoon for Canberra, but... It probably shows shows them where they're at realistically. Defense is their biggest issue, and we've said yeah. that. And attack's season. not an issue. They still found four tries, but the same problem yeah. keeps rearing its head. They yep. get pulled apart in the middle, and if they don't have the ball, they gas out there. But that edge in particular with Austin Leilua, that's the spot that most teams go to, and they find some love. Then I think the second one, Damien Cook found Harvili, who's a bigger number nine, standing next to Blake Austin again when he played Cody Walker through the line for that second try. Yeah. That third shape they run, though, is absolutely beautiful. It's got the half as you want with an inside and an outside trail. Then they had a double lead on the back of it into a block with like a wraparound and a sweet play. Like it, Seabold's just put together some nice stuff there, not your prototypical. So yeah, uh, it was good to watch. But Sam Burgess was next worldly. He was absolutely crazy. Mm. Disappointing that that shot came at the end and he's going to be suspended. But up to that point, I think he had about three or four line breaks in the game, 200 metres, a couple offloads. Like he, he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, and, and, and the Twins were good as well. But um, yeah, the second half... People were complaining about that sin bin for Croker. I thought if you're going to be consistent about what happened to Latrell the other night, I didn't think that was a sin bin, but, um, you know, if that's how they're going to rule it. I thought they were both. I thought they were both borderline or 50-50, but if you're going to pin... See, Latrell's one, I thought... I I don't know what you wanted him to do there. If he doesn't make the tackle and he catches the ball, he he scores. So, you know, the Croker one again, to me, they're, they're both perfect examples of why we need a five-minute sim bin. Ten, ten minutes for those two, yeah, I thought, way too harsh. I was absolutely blown away when happened in the Roosters game, thinking, okay, he did grab him, but does What's he, he score? What's he supposed to do? What, what, do you, what do you want him to do? Like, but, yeah, ten minutes is massive. Five minutes seems more suitable. I'm, yeah. I'm 100% with you there. But that was the end of the game for them, basically, after that. They did find those two quick tries before halftime um, to get themselves back to 24-12. Once the sim bin happened there, they conceded two more tries, a penalty goal. That, that was the end of it. Greg Inglis, you know, finding some form, that intercept and the goal winner. He was outstanding. Um, I, I think Damien Cook, again, really put his hand up. He showed a bit more of his ball-playing ability. He laid on two of those tries and still made 100 metres out of dummy half. Yeah. Um, they're looking like a real good football side. They are, yeah. Absolutely. Um, the... They're going to go on a bit of a a bit of a, a run here, I think, South. 
Um, I heard a few people in the media say that this week. I think Gus said it on. Well, they've got his the Broncos podcast. this weekend, and yeah. that's at home in Sydney, and obviously a couple of injuries for Brisbane, so it's a good opportunity for them to pick a few they more. Had a, they had a couple of tough losses in a in a streak there to start the season, so. And they played um, good sides though. They yeah. lost to the Dragons. They lost to the Warriors, who are one and two, and I forgot what the other lost. Penrith, and they had a lead in that game. Yep. And Penrith, so they lost to the top three sides, and then they've gone on one afterwards. They've been in every single game. They've got good middles. The Twins are playing well. They've been the edges to the are most outstanding. Consistent side in the comp. Like if you had to stick them um, up there, you have to throw them in the same conversation as you said with Penrith. Um, with I guess the Tigers. And they're still learning and too. The top which two, is the, the scary Warriors part. and St. George, yeah. The only real consistent thing that he's been there is that left-hand edge. But Reynolds has been in and out, so they haven't had a consistent pair of halves. Johnston's still learning his trade at fullback. Cook's getting used to being a full-time starter and doing a great job. They're only going to get better. That's yeah, the scary part of yeah. this. So, uh, For Canberra, it's just like you said, it's defense. And that right side in particular has got to get better. I thought Paulo was pretty solid. Uh, Whitehead scored a double, had a pretty good game. And Jack White had a hand in all three tries. So, uh, Despite his pending charges and what might happen there, he played a pretty decent game. Yeah, he did. Uh, the Newcastle Tigers game, 22 20. Oh, this was a cracker. It was a good game. It took 30 minutes or 25 minutes for the first error to come. It was just flowing end to end. They both looked like they could get, you know, a, a try on one another at any point in time, but the Tigers just couldn't cash in on a couple of repeat sets and some pressure that they built early on. While on the other side of thing, I think Newcastle may have found a bit of a weakness on, uh, I think it was. Their right-hand defense, Newcastle's left side. Ponga yeah. caught them coming up and in, as you, we'll talk about before. Similarly, Benji and a couple of guys got in real, real hard. He caught them out with a long pass after engaging a few times. Benji rushed, rushed in a few times on the weekend defensively. Yeah, Ken Sayer was the beneficiary on the edge on the night. He bagged a hat-trick. Uh, Fitzgibbon almost scored a couple of times down there. Ponga, they, they, they like to play most of their attack to the left-hand side as is, but... Callum Ponga and Mitchell Pearce in particular found love a few times there, getting that edge, kind of rushing in on them, so... Uh, that's something that a lot of other teams, I'm sure, are going to do some video on. But first half, down 10-0 off those two tries, the one that Ponga set up, and then obviously Pierce cut back through against the grain there. And I think Eisenhuth had come out of the line too far and left the crease for him. It was looking bad. 10-zip down. Little was in the HIA bin. Benji was in the HIA bin. You didn't know if they were going to return. Then all of a sudden, they come out second half and score three tries, bang, 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 in 10 minutes. Eight minutes, yeah. Luke Brooks lays a beautiful pass on for Cheekham. Benji puts in a stinker of a bomb and bloody... SKD as he does rocks or diamonds leaves the football behind yep. the chip kick for Thompson and I'm just sitting on the couch blowing away going what, what's going on mm. like 18-10 all of a sudden um, yeah, didn't the game just flip on its head just absolutely insane but they went back the Tigers to targeting Cogger and getting a bit of love there getting him there because he's a smaller bloke and it was working for him but they, they settled well about Newcastle didn't they it didn't rattle them that 18 point run they settled and got back into the grind no they went straight back to that edge when they got some field position and pulled that right side apart again for Sao to get his try and then when Pierce is off at the back end of the game you're thinking it's over they're not going to be able to find a try here and of all people Jamie Bura puts one on the boot. He's a bit of an everything kind of player. And <laughs> Kenny Dow, who had a Rocksaw Diamonds night, comes up with Diamonds when it matters yeah. most. So I, I thought that was an absolute ripper game of football. Great crowd, great advertisement. A lot of these games we've taken to the country so far this year. But um, that, that was a crazy win. And the scary part is they were probably the better side. And they scored five tries to throw it. Callum Ponga's goal kicking is what almost cost them the game. He kicked one from five. And in the end, uh, it was the tries that got him over the line. But yeah, that if the goal kicking could have had things... Probably stitched up a bit earlier, but for the Tigers, I guess they've been so consistent. Yeah. Uh, a bit of a blip on the radar, but back to the drawing board. I'm sure, like I said, they'll do a bit of work on that right hand side, but I think a lot of other teams would have watched that game as well and seen that you might be able to get them there if you play with a bit more depth and try and expose them coming up and in. But Ben Madalino, I think he's been great since Packer was out. I thought Brooks was really good again. Isan Masters, he's 
if he's not the best centre in the comp, he's pretty close to it right now. Absolutely. He's yeah. a really good footballer. For Newcastle, I thought Pierce was exceptional before he went off. Ponga was good again. And uh, SASA, he's been a great boy. Yeah, really, really solid, solid the Knights. I'm interested to see how they go now without Pierce. Yeah, it's, it's going to be massive to see what happens with Lamb and Cogger or Watson, etc. moving forward. But uh, Cowboys, Titans, your mob. 26-14. I've got to say, the first half of this was disgusting. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. It was terrible. Uh, the errors and the penalty goals, it was like watching Rugby Union. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed, but, um, you know, the cows showed some signs to me early on that they're up for it. They were pretty positive body language-wise. I was celebrating any errors or to big tackles and plays that they caused, so they definitely came with the right intent. Yeah. But I feel like the Titans almost helped them back yeah. into a bit of form with the amount of errors and possession and turnovers and I think your coach Garth Brennan summed it up afterwards that they're just dumb at times they yep. play dumb football and uh, right on half time there two tries and surprise surprise again much like a Canberra side they have an edge that is vulnerable Kane LG Cartwright Semi who got pushed into the centres and Tyrone Davis leaked two tries in the last five minutes there to you know send the Cowboys in at 16-2 and fairly confident mm. and when they came out the second half it, it played out that way I thought for probably the first 10 minutes there it was a bit even again you had some chances. You had a glut of possession of the Titans, but they couldn't bank anything on the back of it. And they were rubbish. After that, the Forge just took over. Tamalola, that that try, the middle third defense, I still can't figure out. Mm. Thurston went to the line, and what pisses me off again, as a coach and probably Brennan, when you look at it, there's no outside trail. There's no one else pushing with. There's only one bloke there who is the inside trail, and I think it's rain gets caught at Marco, and no one else ties in or makes the effort to come across. Yeah, it's lazy. He drives through a Mack track of a gap, steps the fullback, and that's the game done right there. That's 20, 20 to 2 it was at that point. Mm. And then Hess comes back upfield, just does what he does inside 20-old Ivan Drago and carries five blokes over the line because he feels like it for fun. Um, and I, I feel, again, more so those errors and those bits and pieces just probably given the Cowboys a little bit of confidence and played them back into some kind of form. Yeah, they, the Titans have done their best to play the Cowboys back into form. They still weren't great, though. They, they weren't. They, 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 still made, they still made a lot of errors. They only completed, I think, low 60, 67, 70, but the Titans completed at 55. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, they were awful. Taylor at the back end did a few nice things. Rain probed all night and tried hard. But, but again, it's it's too little too late. That's what it, frustrates me. The only me. real highlight for me so far for you guys has still been Jai Arra. Yeah, Jai Arra was great again. And I think Wallace, since he's been back, he's, yeah, he's playing Gordon's origin again. Been but, solid. Um, Jai Arra, I'm still going to throw it out there. If, if they're not confident of Dylan Napa or their props that they've got, I'd seriously play Jai Arra in origin as a lock and push Maguire to the front row if Napa's playing as bad as he is, play Maguire with Wallace because they don't have a lot of front row depth. And Scott's obviously not playing in his best year. And um, if they're a bit light on those options, I, I honestly don't think that Arrow would look out of place. I really don't. Yeah, that's fair. So he, he was a positive for me. But um, overall, yeah, I still don't think their confidence is right there, but it was good for a couple of those players just to get the win. thought Thurston was pretty good on the ball. thought Morgan was a little quiet, but he come to the fore a little bit at the end. But Tamalolo, Hess... And Granville. Granville's had a really quiet start of the year. That was probably his best game as well. So, good win for the Cowboys. Yeah, let's see if they can back it up. Yep. Manly against the Eels, 44-10. to 10. Uh, I wouldn't have picked that even with what happened off the field. If you I would have told the me... I to win, but I didn't think they'd yeah. win by that many. 
and a bit of a bounce back after getting towed up 54 zip or whatever it is in round two. But a very slow start for this game. Um, but you could kind of feel early on, again, similar. Like the Cowboys, as I said, you could feel the intent. You could feel that Parramatta were on and that they wanted to try and get themselves a win. Uh, for most part of that half, they were rolling. They were playing some good football. Their middles finally turned up with a bit more impact. And I like the fact that Brad Arthur took that road that we spoke about the last few weeks. You need a Matungi, a Terrapo, your Edwards. These guys that actually have some leg speed and a bit of a point of difference and offload or some footwork to be in your side. And they did do a good job. Yeah. And then Manor come off the bench when they were a bit more fatigued. And he's probably better at doing that role, just continuing a bit of a roll on and... Um, you know, even Alvaro off the back of that. So I think they did a much better job with their middles, but their halves, their offloading, um, you know, things just flowed after that. Mm. They started to find some points. They went into half time with a decent lead and then they came back out and they finished the job. And Manly, honestly, were just they were never there. They looked they looked pretty low on confidence mm. from the start of the day, but it was it was a very bad performance. I thought Cherry Evans is forty twenty and if if uh, a few small things that he did weren't too bad, but overall, as a, as a whole, they were awful. Mm-hmm. They were. They were terrible. Absolutely terrible. So, I'm, I'm not sure what to make. Like, is it is it that Manly were that bad or were Parramatta improved? It's just, it's hard to know, isn't it? Well, their kicking was better. Parramatta were definitely their, improved. Their discipline was better. Moses had an outstanding game. He's been trying his backside off. Ma'u, etc. Even Tony Williams on the edge. Like, there's a lot of guys there that I wouldn't have expected, um, you know, to be part of the turnaround that, that have been pretty good. Yeah. So... All in all, 44-10, it definitely was a true reflection of the game, and I hope that Parramatta can build off the back of this now and mm. start to play some good football. But Here come Parramatta and the Cowboys, eh? It's uh, who they got this weekend. They're going to play the Tigers this weekend. So, again, another team that, that beat they them. They competed with them on Easter Monday. Yeah, so, so it's, it, it'll be interesting more, again, to see how they back it up this week, much like the Cowboys. They're two teams this week I'm watching with bated breath to kind of hope that we see some signs there. Because they're yeah. two. One is the basically unanimous favourite to win the competition and they're right down the bottom and then you've got Parramatta who again a lot of some people tip to win the comp or at least be top four who are right down the bottom mm-hmm. so let's see if they can start to build or get something going here mainly we've already touched on we don't need to talk much more but it's going to be interesting to see how they go in the next few weeks and what oh, comes out of that club absolutely and the last one in the round was obviously the Sharkies and the Panthers I don't think this one needs a whole lot of explanation other than the Sharks did a Shark special at the prison they were gritty they were ugly. Their goal line defense was outstanding. They turned Penrith away multiple times in that game, even though they did concede those two late tries. But it was your prototypical Sharks backs against the wall performance. No Gallon, no Graham. Lost Lewis early on. Fafita goes on to play 70 minutes after being told last week he had torn his ACL, and it turns out it's not that bad. Crazy. They just they just knuckled down. Because I wanted to tip them last week. You talked me out of it. I sure did. As uh, listeners would know. But well, I thought all those guys. Well, yeah, were yeah, there, that's right. right. That's. Um, but my my thinking was more along the lines that Penrith never win there, and they haven't won there since 2012. That uh, that run of unfortunate events continues, and it was a strange old game. Uh, Penrith had their chances; they just couldn't execute. Cronulla defended well. The guys that came in for Cronulla did a good job. Sorensen um, had a great job, and I'm I'm really happy for him because I've watched him play a lot of cup at Mounties and before that, and he's a great footballer. Yeah, he's a great footballer, and probably nicer moment for him. He's back at Cronulla where he debuted, and he felt that you know it was more given to him because it was during the Asada time, so it was nice for him to get back there where he started. And he played with his brother-in-law, Chad Townsend, who he's married to uh, his sister. So yeah. I bet that was a good feeling for him. And he scored a cracker try yesterday, hitting a hole. But uh, I don't think Penrith were bad by any stretch, but just inside 20, the, the Sharks just pulled out one of those performances that you see so often at the prison where they just give you nothing. Mm. And they did concede late, obviously, those two consolation tries somewhat uh, on the edges. But... It seemed as though they persisted Penrith to go a lot 
to the left-hand side instead of going to the right where Moylan was. And the first time they went after Moylan really wasn't those last 10 minutes and Yo went straight over the top of him and scored a try. So yeah. uh, I don't understand the fascination. If you're doing video or you know he's playing in the front line, that's where I'm going all day. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Massive raps to Fafita. I thought he was great, like I said, on the back of that injury. Thought Braley controlled things well for the middle. Uh, Sorensen filling in, like you said, Paulo. All those guys did their job more. Then amicably, Jesse Ramian every single week. I think Newcastle's got a real good boy in Ramian. Oh, they do. He's he's developing really, really well. Yeah, and Josh Dugan at the back. If this is the spine he's going to move forward with, he was great at fullback as well. There was a couple of times there I thought he was done and he broke a tackle or spun away and just kept going. So uh, the big thing, and we've said this every week, they need to stick with that spine now. If Moylan is your six, it, that, that, he has to stay there. Mm-hmm. Holmes looked like he's accepted that he's a winger. He played well on the weekend. Dugan's your one. Don't change it anymore. The sooner that stays more consistent, even with some forwards missing or things going in and out, the cohesion of that team will be so much better. Mm. Uh, for Penrith, I thought Katawa off the bench was good late. He set a couple of tries up and gave him a bit of spark. But um, other than that, Kakao, Yo, their, their forwards were okay, but the Sharks obviously turned him away. Maloney didn't have a bad game. Um, I thought he kicked quite well, but wasn't quite probably the return he was hoping for going back to Shark Park. Yeah. So... That about sums that up. Um, Now that we've done our game reviews, you've done your set of six and the power rankings, we'll do our gossip and tips before we interview uh, Big Paul Vaughan from the Dragons and see how he felt the game against the Warriors was and how they're going to be this year and leading into Anzac Day and uh, talk a little bit of origin. And we are lucky enough to be joined by the Dragons prop, Paul Vaughan. What's happening, big fella? And happy birthday, 27. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks, boys. It was... um... It was a little bit weird this morning waking up. I, I, I sort of thought about how old I was, and um, I still feel mentally I'm probably about 16, 18, but <laughs> that's the only thing that keeps me young, to be honest. But yes, yeah, it's, it's starting to get a little bit scary. Uh, turning 27, I don't have much, you know, much more time in the game, I don't reckon. <laughs> Mate, I don't think either of us are ever going to grow up, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. We act like 12 year olds all the time, so. Yeah. Childhood yeah. spirit's the only thing that's going to keep me sane, I think. I'm 32, mate. Yeah. It doesn't change, so... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Keeps us young, anyway. 100%, mate. But uh, big game. Obviously, uh, we spoke a little bit on the show now that we think the, the Warriors are the real deal, but you were there, ground zero, Friday night, 20-12 uh, to 12 loss, unfortunately. But you tell us, mate. You played there. You're in the thick of it. What do you think about the Warriors? Yeah, I, um, I was having a conversation with one of the boys after the game, who uh, the big front row, James Gavay, and... Um, he didn't play, but I was just I was just saying that because um, we've played you know against each other for a long period of time. I think uh, 16s, 18s when we started playing against each other, and um, sort of just gave him um, gave him and the team a, a bit of a compliment. I um, you know I told him that there, I thought that was the real deal, and um, you know obviously they've had a tough preseason. They they look fit, they're strong, um, and they're just they're, they're different to the you know previous Warriors sides. Um, and it's pretty evident, like you, you can see, you know, when they're playing, they're they're, they're pretty strong and they're, they're playing to their to their strengths. And now without Sean Johnson as well, which was um, pretty impressive. So, yeah, it was um, it was a tough game. It was probably one of the hardest we've played so far. What was uh, their forwards or their outside backs, mate? That impressed you? Um, I think their forwards, the the slab that they started with um, was was pretty. Uh, pretty powerful uh, at yeah. the start of the game, and then they've got they've just got huge outside backs like um, Marmolo, who's uh, a, a big kid, and uh, Fusi Tua as well. Yeah. Um, you know it, they they get the the, the set starts off um, you know pretty well with with their running and, and all that kind of stuff. So they're um 
you know, they're just big across the park. And, I mean, Warriors always have been, but they're just sort of, they're using it to their advantage. And they're, they're well drilled and they're, they're playing to their strengths, which is obviously working because they're, you know, they're on top of the ladder with us at the moment. Yeah, well, I think the other part of it as well, having such a big back five, being so mobile, and like you said, very impressive was no Sean Johnson, no Carter, no Pulu. Uh, yep. Blake Green gets in bin during the game. Tohu Harris goes off probably only after yeah. 25 minutes and they're on the end of a 13-5 penalty count and 40% possession, but they just kept yeah. turning you blokes away. And I think, like you said, um, we talked about a little bit before we came on, the most impressive thing this year is with that fitness has come a bit of mental resilience, I guess, that yeah, no one's really associated with the Warriors in the past. Generally, if you could get in an arm wrestle with them, you could break them down, but they just refused to go away. And they gave you yeah. guys just absolutely no room to work with. They were relentless with their line speed and their pressure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, when they went down to, to 12 plays when um, Blake Green got Simbin, it was almost as if, you know, that, that Noel was in the bit because they were defending that well. Um, I think we did score a try in that period, I think. Did we? I think you actually conceded in that period, didn't you? I think they went the oh, other way. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, my memory's a little bit hazy. I haven't actually watched the game back. But, um, but yeah, their, their defence was um, was unreal. Um, you know, and, and especially to be down um, to 12 players, it was pretty impressive. Um, but in, in the middle, it was, um, yeah, it was one of the most uh, physical games that we've played this year. So, um, yeah, the, the boys looking good. Well, I think a lot of people right now have looked at you and the Warriors as, you know, the the two heavyweights to kick things off, and you've started the season very, very well. But overall, you've had uh, you know a good start to the season moving on from that game. The, the South game, yep. you guys found a way to win nice and close. You've had the Sharks win. Um, that Twice. You know, start a little bit ugly last time. And then the, the first game, obviously, you guys with 12 men on the field found a way to get some points and close that one out. Uh, you've disposed of the Titans in, in a fairly decent yep. route up there in Queensland. So... Six and one, uh, this point in, heading into the origin period, obviously, is very, very good. Obviously, we all know you need to bank points, but how do you feel about the new setup? Obviously, James Graham, Ben Hunt's on yep. board. You've got Ewan Aiken back from injury and a couple other guys who are, uh, you know, a year wiser. Um, you've been in that side, but how do you feel you guys are travelling so far? Yeah, I think, um, you yeah, know, obviously, it's, it was unreal to, you know, to, to get um, six in a row. That's I've never been a part of a team that, that, that has done that before, so that was... Um, that was pretty special, and um, yeah. But in saying that, we—I don't think we've had a complete performance yet over over the obviously the seven rounds um, when we had when we had the six six wins. I know we, we the score was a little bit blown out with Titans, but it still wasn't perfect. And I guess you know the Sharks the um, week previous to the Warriors game was wasn't pretty either. So I think we've still got a lot of a lot of improvement in us, um, which is which is a fantastic sign because we're you know we, we are on top of the ladder. And we you know, we, we still have also a lot of things that we need to get right. So that's pleasing and, um, as well. And um, in regards to James Graham and uh, Benny Hunt, I think it's just, it's it's, it's pretty, um, you know, with, with, with Ben Hunt there, you can see he's very influential uh, on the team. You know, he's, he's getting the boys to the right points in the field and it just allows Gareth mm-hmm. Whittup to, you know, sort of free up his running game and, and that's his strongest point. So um, I think, I think Gareth's been sort of waiting for that for, for the whole time he's been at the Saints. He's um, there's been an inconsistent half half partner with him uh, for the period he's been there. But um, and James Graham as well. He's he's a great he's a great leader. Um, you know, he's signed here for three years, so that's that's great for the club. And um, he's he's definitely one of those players that you, you really want to play play with and uh, play for because he's um, you know very passionate, and very enthusiastic. How um 
Did anything change in the preseason, mate, this year? Like, you guys have started like a house on fire. Obviously, you did that last year as well and then fell away. Yep. But was yep. there much that changed in your preseason from both from, I guess, a, tr- a load perspective, a training load perspective, and also tactically? Was there anything, you know, that you, that you really, really noticed and you think's having an effect on, you know, the form that you guys have demonstrated so far? Yeah, I think um, last year was, was definitely an eye-opener for me uh, with – the work that we did throughout the preseason, it was it was one of the hardest preseasons I've ever done. Um, obviously, coming from Canberra, where I thought that was the hardest preseason, I've yeah. spent you know, um, you know six or seven preseasons there, however many it was. Um, but yeah, I think it was it's just the work that we do in the preseason. We stepped it up again. Um, the loads that we that we were doing this year was was more more than than what we we're doing last year. So it was. Um, I, I think I think it's, it's it's definitely beneficial to to get that work done. Um, and it's it, it, it pays off, and it's showing with uh, with the football that, that we're playing. So, mm. um, as, as much as I hate it in the preseason, you know, doing all the hard work and all that kind of stuff, it's you know that, that, that's what you need to do. And every team's doing it, but um, yeah, I think it's just sort of working for us at the moment. Mate, well, it's pretty obvious, and everyone's brought it up, so I'm not going to drag you through the glass on it. But a million times, obviously, you want to play Origin. It's not rocket science, is it? Yeah. Oh, mate, I'd, I'd love to play Origin. I think. Um, I was getting asked a lot last year um, with my form uh, when I was when I was going okay, but I think I don't think I was ready last year. I think it was more just me, you know, sort of cementing my position in the team and and getting consistent performances back and sort of getting my career back on track, um, you know, with the Saints, which, which I thought I did. Um, and like I said, I don't think I was ready. So this year, I think um, I still think I can be playing better. Um, I've, I've had an okay start of the season. Um, I still want to, you know, get through more work and and be, be more involved in the games. But um, you know, if, if if I did get the opportunity, um, I'd obviously love to play, and it's a dream of mine to, to do so. So um, I'm just trying to just trying to get those performances, um, string the performances together that will warrant my selection, which is probably the biggest thing at the moment. Well, without any bias, and not only because we're mates, and I think Brock would have grabbed me right here, I think that yourself and Campbell Gillard should definitely be uh, picked in that side and bring a different dynamic that we've been lacking, I think, in New South Wales. So um, we'll have to wait and see, obviously, how that pans out. And I'm telling you right now, if you are there game one in Melbourne, I am flying down. There you go. (laughs) I I will be flying down. (laughs) Yeah, it would would be be unreal, mate. It would um, obviously be a dream come true. And to have the uh, you know your best mates to to see that game in Melbourne would be um, would be pretty cool too. Yep. What about uh, like you say you, you you know you weren't ready last year and you, yep. you'd like to be playing better this year. What are the what are the things in your game at the moment you're trying to improve on that the coaches are identifying or things that you've identified that you're just trying to get better at? I'm just trying to. I just want to. I want to have a, a big uh, a big workload week in week out and yeah. um, not just a workload but. Just a, um, uh, an all round just good. I, I'm the worst, I'm, I'm worst critic, so I'm very, um, when I watch the games over, I just always think oh, I can do a little bit more, be a little bit more involved, you know, whether that be more carries or, or more tackles. Um, I don't know if it's realistic or not, yeah, but yeah, I, just yeah. to, I, I just want to do more. I've, I've always had to um, improve my defence. My defence is something I'm always working on. Um, where with my attack, it sort of just comes a little bit naturally, but there's always, you know, always things I can work on. But that game of the weekend, I sort of got through a little bit more work than what I have done um, in previous weeks. So if I can just get those, you know, string those games together consistently, yeah. I'll, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, because um, Freddie's going to be looking at that. You know, like he's, he's got to be looking at output, how many carries, how many tackles, how many minutes. 
Um, yeah. We say it all the time. You know, like the biggest thing is as a middle, and you know, I tell middles that I coach, the best currency is obviously your workload, but also how many minutes you can play. So you know, yeah. if you're working on those those areas, yeah. you're going to uh, you're going to have ticks in in plenty of boxes. And um, I'd, I'd be shocked if if they didn't select you this year. And that's not just because you're you're Louis' mate, but yeah. um, you know, I think you keep working on those things and um, only good things are going to happen yeah I think I got through last week against the Sharks uh, obviously it wasn't my best game but coach kept me out there for for a while to get yeah. up playing something like um, 70 minutes which was um, <laughs> I don't know if uh, you know, I don't know if the whole the whole 70 minutes was effective but <laughs> I, I did get through it so um, you know I, I do sort of have the motor to to, to do that but um, yeah, that's, work, again mate. that's another that's another tick in your box for sure, yeah. you know? it wasn't great. Like, I could have improved that, but um, that's just me nitpicking. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to improve. And, um, yeah, that's just that's just me. Mm. Well, I still think also what I said the other week, and again without trying to fucking be biased about it, you look at your forward pack, and you were saying about your work, or some weeks you feel like you could have been more involved. You've got to share the load though at the moment with realistically a rep forward pack. You're working with. Tyson Frizzell, yeah, Jack DeBellin, who are also dominant forwards. Tarek Sims, after a couple of years, maybe being a little bit behind the eight ball, has got his confidence back from his injury, and he's putting yeah. his hand up to play rep football as well. Then you've got James Graham. Armour comes yeah. on the field. So when you look at your forward pack, you've got a lot of hungry mouths there that are willing to do the work. Yeah. So I, I don't think yeah, it's, it's more an indictment on you, you know, like your actual performances. Like you've just There's more quality in your forward pack this year, and I think you're all sharing the load pretty well. Yeah. So that's yeah, probably one thing. I think- yeah, yeah. I just, um, yeah, I was just, I was just sort of took a minute to think there with, with a four pack and what we have. It's, it's pretty impressive. So, um, and like you said, there, there's a lot of work is there as well. So, um, you know, there, there, there's always, there's always work to be done. But um, yeah, we, we do share, share it around a fair bit. And, um, you know, it's, it's obviously, obviously a pleasure playing with those boys as well. It's only got to make you better as, a, as an individual as well. well. Moving into probably the last thing, mate. Before we let you go, don't devour you all day, obviously on your your day off in the short turnaround, but you move into a pretty hard stretch right now after an impressive start. So short turnaround into the Roosters, which is probably going to be one of your best opponents so far, I guess, besides the Warriors. Uh, And then the weeks follow on that, you've got to play the Melbourne Storm and then South Sydney, who are looking like a bit of a dark horse. or one of those teams that's certainly going to throw their hands up to play finals football this year. So uh, moving into this week, how are you feeling? How do you think the team's going to go on the short turnaround? Um, Yeah, I think... I, I just hope that the um, that the boys. I think the biggest thing on a five-day turnaround is just the, the recovery. So hopefully, um, hopefully the boys are all ready to go and, and, and putting their hands up. But um, I don't think there's a, there's a whole lot that we need to fix uh, with that game on the weekend against the Warriors. Um, you know, I just think we, we we need to just straighten up our attack a little bit, just try and go through the middle and and generate a play the ball and then play off that. So I think it, it might work in our favour not having you know a long week to. Sort of dwell on the loss and all that kind of stuff. We, we you know, jump straight back in right against the Chooks, um, who are playing okay football at the moment. So, obviously, on Anzac Day, it's going to be a big test. It's, um, I experienced it last year, it was probably my, one of my favourite games I've played. So, and then we got, like you said, we got Melbourne the week after. So, the next couple of weeks are going to be really important for us. And hopefully, we can, you know, string a couple of wins together. And, like you said, head into the origin period um, with a lot of points banked. Yeah, well, we get the feeling, again, uh, depending how things are going to play out, that you guys could potentially be missing up to five or six players. So um, yep. the, the next few weeks really are important. But after a bright start, you've done the right thing, banking points early, and it's going to be a real good 
test of how your season's going to be uh, the next few weeks, playing the Roosters, playing the Storm, and like I said, South Sydney have been pretty impressive so far. So looking yep. forward to seeing how that all pans out. But, mate, we appreciate you coming on. We've obviously got our fingers crossed, like you said, that uh, you find yourself in a New South Wales jersey. But if not full stop, we've got our fingers crossed that this year is another successful one that you guys uh, find your way into finals football and, and are a genuine contender for the competition, hopefully. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. No worries, champion. And there you go, everybody out there. Paul Vaughan from the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Fingers crossed that uh, he makes it into the Blues teams. I know everybody out there, Boxhead, much like us, is uh, pretty keen to see him play some rep football. Absolutely. So, best of luck. Anzac Day, mate. Going to be a ripper game. Golden point last year. Hopefully we get something similar again this year. Yeah, thanks, boys. And there you have it. Massive thank you to Paul Vaughan for coming on and having a chat with us, Boxhead. Yeah, it was good. But we finish up now with our tips and our betting segment as well as the gossip, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate. So we'll quickly go through Mr. Gossip's gossip. Uh, Junior Paulo is headed to Parramatta despite the denials. And obviously during the week, we've seen James Hooper and a lot of these guys say that there's a four-year deal in place, about $2.8 million. Yeah. Uh, that's a fair whack of cash for a front row. I know, I know they need one, but I didn't think they would have paid so much money um, to get him there. I, I thought he'd get a good contract. But $700,000 a year? It's fair, it's fair wedge. Um, it's fair wedge. Yeah, that is some very decent coin. The Broncos are keen on Riley Jacks from the Storm. Doesn't surprise me. They need a half. It doesn't surprise and me. And Riley Jacks, uh, well, he's been in and out. He's solid. He's a bit older. Good player. Um, you know, I think Melbourne will still probably get the, the leading edge on that one, but you can't blame Brisbane for looking for someone steady, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Good defender, good kicking game. Uh, the Eels and the Sharks are getting into a bidding war over Pangai Jr. to beat a Pangai Jr. So all reports were he doesn't want to leave Brisbane and Brisbane are going to get first crack to line him up. But no surprise, there's a lot of clubs out there interested in his services. No. and he's How much would you be willing to pay for Tevita Pangai Jr.? 22 years old, potential to play middle, edge, footwork, dynamic, offload. What what kind of gauge are we putting on someone like that? 700. 700, yep. Fair enough. Well, considering what people are paying Paul and other people and what you can get out of him, that's uh, pretty fair with a $9.4 million salary cap. And I figured this out the other day. If you take out those three development deals or rookie deals or whatever they are, there's 27 players. It's basically 340K per head left over. Yeah. So you're basically saying you're allotting two people's wages for that as compared to going out and getting somebody on the minimum of 100, which a lot of teams can do. So mm. uh, it's very reasonable. And there's rumours from Mr. Gossip here that Arthur, Brad Arthur that is, is on the chopping block are untrue. Arthur is being paid $950,000 a year. The Eels don't have money to pay him out even if they were going to get rid of him. Yeah. Why would you get rid of him? He's, he's not the issue there. And I've said it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I'll stand by it until I see a side that's quit on their coach. I certainly don't see that at the moment. No, and they responded the way you'd want them to, obviously, uh, on the back of a couple of poor performances and a lot of talk this week. And uh, the a word, couple, well, six poor performances, really. The word was this week they had a brutal session where they ripped into each other verbally, and then they got on the field and didn't oppose. And a lot of players come off bleeding and bruised, and they were getting stuck into one another. There's a bit of push and shove, and they vented their frustration. And then they took that out in the field this week. So. Uh, that was what Jared Ayn and a few players said happened during the week. And Tim Manor, one of those guys who came off bleeding. So um, they got all the frustration Good. out and then they took more of it out on Manly yesterday and at 44 to 10 drubbing. Absolutely, they did. But there's all the gossip. So now our tips and the betting, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate. Uh, well, do you want to go through some of these lines from last week? I've got some up on you, a spreadsheet. you got uh, some winners there? Yeah. Well, they had five lines um, that were bet. They had... Uh, North Queensland to win, minus six and a half, which won. Yep. They had Parramatta plus the four-point line, which won. They had Cronulla plus five and a half, which won. 
they had the Newcastle West Tigers game to be over 40 and a half points. Was it over 40 and a half? Yeah, it was. It was, there you go. So that Just. won. And they had under for Penrith Cronulla 40 and a half. I think it went over. 40 and a half. The Penrith game here, yeah, 48 points. There you go. So out of those five, they went four out of five. And like I said, most weeks, even when they send through the player props and all the other bets, the main ones that your big gamblers will focus on are lines. So if you bet on those five alone... Well, I followed followed them in on the Parramatta Manly one. Um, I had a nice collect. I I didn't agree with them on the Cronulla game, and I was wrong. They were right. So if you went $100 on all those four from five, you've lost 100 you've got your 400 back, and you've probably made another profit on top of yeah. close to $360 or so. Dollars. Yeah. So for the week, you're ahead pretty nicely. And this is the kind of form line that we're talking about. When you get a bit of gauge of things, they're going to start turning over some money. So mm-hmm. the Pro Sports Syndicate, you know the offer. We're going to keep plugging it. We'll say it every week. $99 for your first month to join there. Half price there. If you don't flip a profit percentage return on that, you get your next month free. If you're not happy, you can cancel any time. Uh, there's no locking contract. So if you're a serious punter on your football, this is the kind of service you want. And these lines, like I said, they do prop bets, they do try scores, all sorts of bits, but these five in particular each week, Brock, are the main ones that we look at. Yeah, exactly. And they're, you, they're the ones I like. Four out of five right there, like I said, if it's a $500 outlay, 100 per each one, this week you lost $100, out of your 400 that you get back in your pocket, you almost got 400 on top of it. So you've come out very nicely. Yep. The Pro Sports Syndicate, look no further. The boys there, much appreciated. Let's get into these tips. Uh, the first game, obviously, Anzac Day, the quick turnaround that we've talked about. Dragons versus Roosters. Roosters obviously getting the cushier turnaround, played in Sydney. The Dragons had to travel to New Zealand, suffered that loss, and they've come back now. Who do you think, Brock? Oh. And this is hard because we're obviously doing this on a Monday with no lineups. But I, I like the Dragons. Yep. I like the Dragons. I, I don't think the Roosters are playing well enough at the moment. Uh, I'll, I'll back the Dragons uh, based on what I've seen, but it's a big occasion. I expect the Roosters to be slightly better than they were last week. So if the Dragons are off and the Roosters can win the middle, uh, I think they're a chance. But for me, the, the hole for the, the Roosters is their middle, and they're getting torn to pieces by packs that are nothing on the Dragons pack. So I'd expect the Dragons to tear them a new one through the middle of the field. The short turnaround worries me, but uh, from speaking to Vaughn before, we spoke to him off the phone before he got on. Yeah. He's ripped into recovery today, massage and a few other bits and pieces, and well, feels he said pretty he feels good. So. As good as he's felt all year. He's so. warming into the season. Hopefully, the rest of them feel that way. And the quick turnaround, they don't get to dwell on the loss for very long, which is another no. thing he said, which is good. So I was very tempted to tip the Roosters, but mainly that main point you've just brought up, the middle. I'll stick with the Dragons, but I think I'll it's going to be a tough one on the short turnaround. Mr. Gossip, he's gone the Roosters in this one. And the odds, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate, Dragons, $1.82 favourites, $2 for the Roosters, minus one and a half is the line. 1 to 12, 290 Dragons, $3 Roosters, 13 plus, 425 for the Dragons, 550 for the Roosters. Now, Storm versus the Warriors on Anzac Day, another very hard game. The Warriors off that good win, travelling down here, but Tohu Harris is going to be out with a concussion. I don't know if Johnson's going to be back this week. He was slated for round nine. Um, not this week, so that makes it more difficult for them again. Is Pulu or Carter going to be enough to be named? I'm not 100% sure. So, a few questions there. Melbourne had a good win, but they're also likely to be missing Jesse Bromwich for six weeks. So, at home. Yeah, I, I like Melbourne. I'm going to go Melbourne as well, but not with a whole lot of confidence. I and like the plus six and a half on the Warriors. I'll be all over that. Mr. Gossip, he's also on the storm. He went the opposite to us before. He went the Roosters, but uh, it's more because at home and Melbourne don't have to travel as much, and those couple of injuries concern me. So, I still think the Warriors will give Melbourne all they can bargain for, but we'll stick with the storm. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they're $1.47. 
270 for the Warriors. Massive odds there. Six and a half start. I like that a lot. Overs, unders is what I'm looking at. 38 and a half. I reckon it's going to be an unders game. If it's nighttime down in Melbourne, it's a bit wet. Yeah. It'll be an ugly game, I think. One to 12 Storm, $3. $4 for the Warriors. 13 plus Storm, 265 $7 for the Warriors. South Sydney versus the Broncos. Uh, McCulloch potentially missing four to six weeks. Nick Arima, does he play dummy half? Does Maguire play dummy half? How they figure that out, I'm not too sure. But Souths are rolling. I know Burgess is out and he's a huge part of the team, but they won and were still decent without him the weeks prior. That left edge is outstanding. I'm still going to stick with Souths, mainly because McCulloch, I think, is a huge blow. Um, but Brisbane generally tend to bounce back when you least expect it, but I'll stick with Souths. Souths. Yep, and Mr. Gossip. He's gone the Broncos. So he's gone for the upset here. With the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.60 for Souths, two thirty five for the Broncos, minus four is the line. One to twelve South three dollars three fifty for the Broncos. Thirteen plus South three twenty six dollars for the Broncos. Manly versus Newcastle, another one that's hard purely for the fact that Manly's got these off field issues. They've had a couple of good performances, a couple of poor ones, but there's a bit of turmoil. But going back to Lotto Land, it's hard to see them hopefully not throwing something when their backs are against the wall this week. Yeah. But Newcastle, obviously, all effort. They've been great so far this year. But losing Pierce, I think you just lose a lot off the ball. And he's been doing such an outstanding job with the kicking game and. Yeah. organising their side and he's been directing everything. I think that's a well, bigger loss. Well, playing better footy as a team. Newcastle. Newcastle but, but yeah, I, I'm going to go Manly. Them. It's up Brookvale. Bounce back. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm going to feel like an idiot as soon as this game kicks off because Newcastle are probably going to... Uh, you know, well, I wouldn't be surprised to see them put in a good performance. So, But I'll tip Manly. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I'm also going to be tipping Manly. Mr. Gossip agrees and it's for those reasons at home. Uh, mm. Pierce Banner, I think it's going to be a bigger loss just you know, all around on the football field. He guides him, he plays left and right. He does most of the kicking. I think it's going to be a big loss. So, uh, We're all on the Eagles. And for the Pro Sports Syndicate, they're the favourites at $1.55. $2.45 for the Knights, minus 4.5 the line. $1 to 12 Eagles, $3.375 for Newcastle. 13 plus Manly, $3.00, $6.00 for Newcastle. Panthers versus the Dogs. Uh, expecting that the Panthers will want to bounce back and bounce back in a big way in this one. They got rolled by the Dogs early in the year and yeah. they were, you know... Not bad on the weekend, but they weren't as good as what they wanted to be, that's for sure. No. Um, it's at home. They have a bit of a problem, like you said earlier, on playing at ANZ Stadium or Allianz for some reason, and the Dogs got them there. The Dogs didn't offer a whole lot in attack, so... No. Feeling uh, pretty confident that Penrith will get the job done here. Me too. Yeah, Penrith. Mr. Gossip, he feels the same way also. Penrith and their fifty favourites with the Pro Sports Syndicate. 260 for the Dogs, minus 5.5 is the line. 1-12 to 12, Penrith. Three bucks, three seventy-five for the dogs. Thirteen plus Penrith, two eighty-seven dollars for the dogs. Your Titans at home or wherever home is at the moment. There's obviously been a bit of a debacle I read about last week. Commonwealth game, Joe. That you guys uh, they're charging them out the nose though to use that stadium, and apparently they're thinking about abandoning it and just selling their games or going elsewhere. So there's a bit of an issue here that they're trying to resolve. Interesting to see uh, how that plays out. But you're up against the Sharkies. Uh, they were tough last week. Looks like they're finally. Settled on their spine uh, as to, you know, without the team lineups, anyone else is back this week. Luke Lewis looked like he re injured himself on the weekend. Fafita got to the game, just way Graham come back. Not 100% sure. Uh, but regardless of those, I think your middle defense is still quite poor. Yeah, and I'm tipping the Sharks. I'd have to go the Sharks from what I've seen. And Mr. Gossip's the same. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.70 favorite are the Sharks, two fifteen for the Titans. Minus two and a half is a line. 1 to 12 Titans, 340, 3.10 for the Sharks. 13 plus Titans, $5, 360 for the Sharks. Cowboys at home to the Raiders. 
Um, Tough game, this one. This is a very hard one because, like I said, Canberra can definitely attack, but they've got their issues with their defense. I didn't think the Cowboys were overly impressive, even though they won. I thought the Titans kind of helped them along their way with some very, very poor uh, errors and obviously some penalties there. But at home again, and with a little bit more confidence, I will be taking the Cowboys. But um, Canberra... Cowboys... Canberra have gone up there and done the job before, and they went very, very close last year. They don't mind playing up there, so yeah, interesting to see what happens. And Mr. Gossip's on the Cowboys as well, but um, interesting game this one. This it is going to be, be yeah, yeah, it's a hard one, hard to pick. But the Cowboys with the Pro Sports Syndicate, a dollar forty-three favorites, two eighty-five are Canberra. Seven and a half is the start you get. One to twelve Cowboys, three ten four dollars Raiders, thirteen plus two fifty for the Cowboys, and seven fifty for the Raiders in the last game of the round. Parramatta versus the Tigers. Uh, and looking at this, Elijah Taylor, not too sure uh, if he'll play after the shot that he caught the other night. He got absolutely rocked. He did. Um, Benji Marshall, obviously, got concussed. Little got concussed. So there's a few guys there this week. Interesting to see how they come through. Uh, they had not protocol, even though they got back on the field. And on the eel side of things, obviously, they found some confidence and lapped manly. So yeah. it's this is a pretty hard one. I was actually pretty tempted to tent, uh, tip Parramatta to maybe kick on a little bit here, but... Knowing what we've seen so far in the defense of the Tigers and that loss on the weekend, I'm sure they'll want to put in a solid performance. So I'll give benefit of the doubt to the team that I've seen more out of so yeah, far. Yeah, well, the Tigers also lapped Manly the week before. So um, I'm going to stick with the with Wes and see if Parramatta can go back to back. Yep, Mr. Gossip, he's all in on Parra like he has been every single week, Whoa. basically, tipping them. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, Parra, the outsiders at 220. The Tigers are $1.67. Minus 3.5 is the line. 1 to 12 Tigers is. Three bucks, three forty for the Eels. Thirteen plus Tigers, three fifty, five fifty for Parramatta. So there you go. No uh, fan questions this week. We just had to punch this one out on the Monday there, so you have a day or two to listen in before Anzac Day. I reckon it's going to be an absolute crack around boxing. Yeah, can't wait. Um, big thanks again, obviously, to Vaughny for coming on on his birthday, twenty seven. The big man. Uh, fingers crossed that he gets to play some origin football this year. But if not, uh, the Dragons obviously playing some great football. Oh, if they don't pick him, they're mad. Great forward pack, and uh, they look like a, a genuine team to probably push for top four and be in the finals this year. So yeah, uh, all the best to him. Big thanks to all our sponsors, Penrith Solar Centre. Make sure you get on board with them. If you're looking to get a system, contact those boys there. And the P&B Boltmaster for all your trade needs, uh, pokerdeluxe.com. Like I said, if you're involved with a footy club or you need to organise a fundraiser, bucks party, any bits and pieces like that, they cover all that stuff. Uh, in all states, not the territories. And uh, the Pro Sports Syndicate, you've heard those lines before. The boys are only starting to warm up there, yep. Matt and the boys. So get on board, have a look at that. 99 for your first month, half price. If you don't get a profit return, next month is free. No locking contracts, cancel any time. And two, the Great Walk Foundation sponsors, I said it the other week, they pay when we do um, our luncheons, obviously. Yeah. Um, there and support the Great Walk Foundation. A quick plug for them at the end. Fullspectrumservices.com.au. Uh, thanks to the, the blokes out there and the ladies. Western Sydney's lead up in pest control, pool, fence certification and commercial cleaning. Their service is diverse, but core values rock solid. Amazing people, fantastic service and brilliant outcomes. Contact Mark and the team on 0430 223 Facebook and their website, fullspectrumservices.com.au. And Insignia Hair and Day Spa, 47223503. They're in Penrith, located on York Road, Unit 14 of 69. Award-winning hairdressers, day spa, beauty salon, massage, and nail parlor. You want to spoil yourself, then look no further. Insignia has all bases covered for men and for women. Treat yourself or your partner to the works and be spoiled by the team at Insignia. There you go. Bang, another one down. Done, mate. Got your set of six. We've had a chat there. Power rankings, tips, uh, all our betting thoughts, gossip, interview with Paul Vaughan from the Dragons, and our game reviews. 
Anzac round, it's a bit of a weird one. Uh, jumps up pretty quick, short turnaround, but some interesting games, Brock. I reckon we're getting pretty close to our 200th episode, too. Yeah, I'd have to go back and yeah. have a look. But, we're uh, getting pretty close. This year is flying so far. It is. We're already at round eight. And like I said, short turnaround for a couple of sides in a bit of a different week. But Anzac Day, get out there, um, you know. Attend a dawn service, it's the, it's the right thing to do. It's a hell of an experience, actually, going to a dawn service. And uh, like everybody, we want to pass in our respects to anyone who served the country and, you know, laid down their life or put their life on the line to keep all of us safe and be able to live the life and the quality of life we do here yeah, as Australians. So absolutely. get out there on Wednesday, uh, support the RSLs and the servicemen and women and say thank you if you see somebody out there. Buy them a beer. Yep. And most importantly, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.